evening, everybody. It is I, Brian Escal, your host of Searching for Political Identity, here with you. Let me get right to the point. I felt compelled to record this impromptu solo episode on this Thursday evening. It's just about 11 o'clock now. Because of interactions that I had tonight with people on Twitter, interactions of my own making, totally. I mean, to say I provoked this would be absolutely true. I ask a lot of provocative questions about race on Twitter, about the quote-unquote race problem in America. Why do I do this? And I'm being serious here. I'm not, this is, I'm, this is not scripted. Say what you want. Say whatever you want about me, but don't call me scripted. Look, why do I post such things on Twitter? Well, first of all, I've always been interested in politics. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I've always been a social justice warrior. That would be an absolute lie. I've always been interested in politics. I have a father who is a very much liberal, very much a liberal who instilled a tremendous sense of compassion, empathy, and uh, a desire to help the poor in me um, to be determined whether or not I live up to that legacy of him taking us to soup kitchens on holidays and just making sure that I understood how lucky we were. So am I privileged? Yes. Do I have white privilege? Sure. (laughs) There's so much to talk about, guys. So look, you have Brian Flores and this just horrific incident, that story breaking. You have Biden's pledge to nominate a black woman coming back to surface and people saying, was that a good announcement to make? Was that a good campaign promise to make? Um, A lot of people saying yes. Some people, like myself, having an allergic reaction to it and just saying, you know, I don't like that. I don't know. I just, I don't like the identity politics focus. But of course, and I'm going to go stream of consciousness here and try to just bring you into my mind for better or for worse. And I guess I'll just go on my first digression here and say, I understand that I'm putting myself at risk. I understand this is a podcast that'll be out there forever. Um, at a certain point, you got to trust yourself. And I do trust myself. And at the end of the day, If only black people are talking about issues of race in America, then whatever problem that may exist is never going to get solved. And I'm not saying you have to have people like me in the discussion, but I think it's safe to say that I am on the moderate end, even the progressive end, of people who don't go full identity politics. Now, what the hell did, did, was that all word salad? Did that mean anything? Let me try again. I don't like the concept of identity politics. The idea that 
we should focus on the racial demographic of voters and target that and appeal to that. My heart and my gut tells me that you should run on a platform if you're going to run for office that you should run on a platform and it it really shouldn't matter what race your voters are. Now, if you want to talk to me about policies that the government could enact to remedy public wrongs, I don't 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 get caught up in my language here. In other words, make a case for reparations to me. Like I'm all ears. But don't tell me that I'm a racist because I have a negative allergic reaction to Biden announcing in advance that he would nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court. That's kind of the vibe I'm going with with this episode. Now, I can't remember if I said this already. Um, And admittedly, I had a drink. I don't drink, but I had a whiskey because I'm getting ready to study for the bar. I'm not quite in bar prep yet, but it's it's coming. I'm in my last semester of law school. I'm starting to stress about that. It's going to be a very serious challenge. And these issues of race really irk my conscience. And God knows I want to be part of the solution, but I can't help it if I have certain gut reactions. And so that's what we're talking about, I guess, with critical race theory. And and I've broken it down and I'll break it down again. But let's just deal in the abstract for now. Let's not worry about nailing down exact definitions. Let's just go with gut feeling right now. I guess the idea of critical race theory and white privilege is that a Brian Eskow, as good of a guy as he is, and as sensitive as he is, and as empathetic as he is, just can't understand, figure out, or come to terms with the reality that black Americans face. And therefore, Brian Eskow and people like him really shouldn't have a say in American policy because they don't get it. Now, look, this is very sensitive stuff, and it bothers me. It bothers me to think that a human being anywhere in the world, let alone this country, let alone in the present time period, feels oppressed by the color of their skin and I know it I know it's real and I know it happens and let me just zigzag back to the point where I was saying I know I'm putting myself at risk here but we have to talk about these issues if we want to progress as a society some people think we have a tremendous race problem in this country some people think we have no race problem and it's manufactured by the political class you can't disparage either argument Period. So call me a fence sitter, call me what you will, but I'm going to be honest about the reactions I have. I'm learning a lot about civil rights, and I, and I admittedly can be a bit of an arrogant young guy. I just think it would have been better if you nominate a black woman, and surprise, fantastic. And we can get into that. We can get into the depths of judicial philosophy and what kind of mindset you think should be on the Supreme Court, what, whether it's one that follows strictly written law, one that interprets creatively in furtherance of a political 
ideology, written law, or one that just rewrites written law based on their policy preferences, what kind of mindset, what kind of judicial philosophy approach are you getting? That matters. And I understand you can get any kind of judicial philosophy. Believe me, (laughs) my logic dictates that if you were to find a group, you say, hey, do the Mitt Romney thing. Get me a binder full of overqualified black women to nominate to the Supreme Court. I bet you, and you have a binder that's 80 pages long with 10 candidates on each page, okay? I bet you there is a tremendous amount of diversity of thought in, of judicial approaches in that binder. That's my thinking. In other words, I don't really think it matters if it's a black woman, okay? What matters is the mind of the judge. So it is a question in my mind whether this identity politics stuff is appropriate. If it's appropriate, well, good, okay, then you are solving a problem. And look, I'm not sitting here saying, what am I saying? You know what I'm saying, guys. It's very reasonable what I'm saying, isn't it? I'm saying there's no such thing as a black mind or a white mind. And do I, yes, I believe very much so that role models matter and that seeing yourself matters and that black children, black people should see superheroes, should see judges, police officers, athletes, musicians, um, academics, scientists, um, real estate developers, NFL coaches. Um, God, what else? Comedians, um, investment bankers, hedge fund, hedge fund managers, professors, therapists, whatever. Do you see what I'm going, where I'm going? So my question to you is, what is diversity? What is diversity? Look, ladies and gentlemen, the United States of America had a tremendous problem when it was founded, other than its, to put it mildly, abhorrent treatment of the Native Americans, which I just have to reserve for another podcast, respectfully, respectfully. Aside from that original sin, the other original sin was, of course, slavery. And um, not only slavery, but the insanely cruel treatment of blacks. And after slavery was officially ended, we, of course, had Jim Crow. And we all know what redlining is. We all know the history. That's what I believe. I truly believe that the majority of Americans get it. They know it was really, really bad. And it is not perfect today. Question is, what do we do? And if you draw, if the conclusion you draw from this rambling is that Brian Eskow is a racist, then I'm really sorry about that. But I have to reflect and say, In 2022, 
what is the solution to the American race problem? Because when you listen to black people, I do believe this. When you listen to black people, the majority view is that there is a race problem. We know we're making progress. We're seeing it. We know there's a black middle class. We know, we know there's a tremendous disparity, though, between the average white income or average white um, household wealth versus black. It's one in ten. It's one in ten. Okay, guys? We know the statistics. What are we going to do about it? You're absolutely wrong if you think I'm not interested in hearing ideas and potentially getting behind ideas and supporting and promoting and advocating for ideas to solve the problems, problem or problems that face the black community, that the black community faces, however you want to say it. And what are those problems? Well, you're going to hear, and this is true, and I don't doubt it, and this is terrible. It's horrible. You hear in class, professor says, um, the statistics show that to date, currently, the trend, the, the, well, the wage gap between college-educated black men and college-educated white men has widened. It's getting worse. It's really bad, and it's getting worse. And so as Professor says, you have a black man doing everything he's supposed to do to get ahead, getting that education, doing everything, and he, he gets less money on average than the white graduate. Why? I don't... This is... What do we do about that? This is a, these are sensitive issues, Okay? These are sensitive issues, and I don't have an answer right now. What I, what I am telling you and why I pressed record on this episode at great peril to my reputation, to my future prospects as a lawyer, to my future prospects as an employee of any kind. The reason I say this, uh, the reason I've said you know, I really didn't like the announcement, the, the telegraphing of nominating a black woman. It's because I do care. Darn it, I do care. I want peace. I want not false unity. We're never going to have kumbaya unity. I want American unity. What does that mean to me? It means we can agree to disagree, but if there's a sector of the population that is pressed because of some sort of characteristic, we call it immutable characteristics in legal terms, characteristics that they can't control, national origin, race, so to speak, race, quote-unquote, skin color, this and that, all these things, that, that is an injustice that cannot be stood for and must be remedied. So I want to be on Team Remedy. Like, when I reach the end of my life, I want to look back and feel that I was on the right side of history and the right side of humanity and all of that. So, while I love, will love to see a black woman rise to the Supreme Court, to me, the disservice done by telegraphing 
the nomination of a black woman, is that you promote the idea that certain people, certain types of people, have certain types of views. And I just... Look, here's the thing, and I think at the end of this silly episode, I'm finally... Well, it's not silly, but I'm finally getting to the crux of the matter, I think. It's a fine line between knowing that experience matters and that you have to have representatives in the room versus, at the same time, you shouldn't be able to assume what a person thinks based on their skin color, based on their gender. I think that's where I'm going to leave it because I think that's actually a little nugget that I've pulled out of my own madness here. So that is something that I'm going to reflect on and I'm going to do a lot more listening and a lot more educating myself because I admit that I've got a long way to go. I am searching for political identity. And if I've offended anyone with anything that I've said during this episode, I sincerely apologize. Um, With that said, I hope this was somewhat helpful to you in maybe getting inside the mind of the people who you disagree with. Because I assume a lot of people who are going to listen to this are Democrats. And Democrats specifically who are fine with the, the telegraph. So I guess it's not that I'm like so against... Obviously, I'm not against elevating a black woman to the Supreme Court. I've said that I don't like the telegraphing because it suggests that, that identi- identity politics is appropriate. And I don't like that. But at the same time, identity politics being the idea that certain types of people have certain types of views. And by certain types, I mean certain skin color, you know, this and that. That is abhorrent. At the same time, we have to recognize social injustice and inequity. You can't just pretend that everyone is a gray, unisex creature with equal money in the bank, because they aren't. And so what do we want to do about it as a society? What do we want to do about inequality, inequity? How far is too far? Can you go too far as a government in imposing equality, in imposing equity, in imposing a level playing field? I mean, who's going to argue against a level playing field? Nobody. And I'll just wrap this up by saying that the progressives and the Black Lives Matter movement, all they're saying to you guys is that this poker game got started, this American poker game got started, and white players had all the chips. And look at, come on, black players were the fucking chips, okay? And that once they became players in the game, The problem is, you guys, the whites had a lot more chips. This is the critical race theory perspective. What are we going to do about the fact that more chips continue to be stacked on one side of the table? That is a legitimate question that I want to answer. I want to explore. I want to investigate. And we are in class. And by the end of the semester, I might even have an answer. Well, I might even agree with, fortunately, professors going to provide the answer. And I'm going to have to wrestle with it and see if I agree with it or not. But we have inequalities, man. I guess the question comes down to what caused the inequalities? Can you trace it back to government programs like slavery and Jim Crow? And if so, well, then you have a strong case for government remedy. But if you don't believe that to be... So, look, 
and I know I've said I'm going to wrap this up a hundred times already. Yes, I believe that we're still, the black community is still dealing, reeling from the effects of slavery and Jim Crow. Yes, I'm excited, very excited, to see a black woman hopefully rise to the Supreme Court. But if the goal is to broaden the conversation, I don't think this uh, announcement was helpful. God. This, this stuff is sensitive. And I, uh, I hope I didn't ruin my future by recording this, but uh, I just wanted to get this off my chest. All right, so with peace and love, I'm signing out. Have a great day. Later. Later.